Paul Levinson, and this is Light On, Light Through, episode 51, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. Well, it's been a while since I've done an episode of this podcast. I've been very busy blogging about both television and about the current political campaigns, obviously the election campaigns for president. So let me bring you up to date on a number of important developments, at least in my thinking. First of all, I've been saying, I had been saying uh, through pretty much December of 2007, that I thought the best policy was to support the best candidate in both parties, that is the best Republican and the best Democrat. So when it came time for the general election, the American people would have the best possible choice. And I said I thought among the Democrats that Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton would each make an excellent presidential candidate, and for that matter, an excellent president. I'll go into the reasons for that in a few minutes. But I also said that among the Republicans, I thought that Ron Paul was far and away the best Republican candidate, because he saw that the war in Iraq was unconstitutional. He is in favor of enforcing the Constitution, including the First Amendment. But I'm sad to say that I decided a few months ago that I could no longer support Ron Paul because of the racist commentary that was published under his name in a newsletter that was published for several decades, not just a few months or a few years, but several decades out of Texas, again under Ron Paul's name. So regretfully, I can no longer support Ron Paul, even as the best Republican. And right now, with the Republican contest down to John McCain and Mike Huckabee, I can support neither of those two candidates in any conceivable situation. Mike Huckabee doesn't even believe in evolution. John McCain, just a few days ago, criticized Mitt Romney when Romney was still in the race because Romney had criticized Bob Dole, who had come out in support of John McCain. Romney had said Bob Dole would be the last person that he, Romney, would go to for a political endorsement. McCain's response really bothered me. McCain said, well, you know, Bob Dole is a war hero, which is true. He risked his life. He was seriously wounded in World War II. That's completely true. But then McCain said, therefore, no one should ever speak that way about a war hero the way that Romney did about Bob Dole. Well, the problem I have with that is... This was a political comment that Romney made. He wasn't attacking Bob Dole personally. And surely America needs to have an environment in which anyone can be criticized for their political views. So I find it unacceptable that McCain is somehow saying that war heroes, including presumably John McCain himself, are somehow above criticism. So I can support neither of those two candidates. On the other hand, in the Democratic Party, 
and in the current primary and caucuses that are going on for the nomination for president uh, in the Democratic Party. I find Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton both excellent for somewhat different but overlapping reasons. I think it would be great if the country elected an African-American as president. Once and for all, we would tell the world, ourselves, our history, our future, that we've gotten beyond the slavery in which African-Americans first came here, were brought here against their will, obviously, the hangings that took place in the South, the assassinations of Martin Luther King and Medgar Evers. At the same time, I think the election of a woman as president would be very good for the country and for the world. And again, for similar analogous reasons. Women have been the victim of all kinds of discrimination over the years. But of the two, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, I'm happier with Obama for a variety of reasons. One, he does remind me of JFK. He has a youthful vitality. And along with that, he clearly has been able to inspire college-age people in a way that no candidate has since the time of JFK. And I also think we do need a new broom in the White House, meaning that we need someone who won't do things the way they were done in the 90s, even though the 90s were certainly better than what we got with George Bush. And this is taking nothing away from Hillary Clinton. I don't think she's just going to blindly do what Bill Clinton did. But I think that clearly Hillary Clinton is more of the past than is Barack Obama, who, in contrast, has more of a vision for the future. So I'm a devoted Obama supporter, and I voted for him in the super primary in New York last Tuesday. I'm convinced he'd make the best president. But since I'm also a student and a professor of the media, as well as someone who wants to see the Democratic Party strong, I want to say a few words about the shoddy way that MSNBC has been treating Hillary Clinton's campaign for the presidency. Now, I'm not just talking about David Schuster's astonishingly tasteless and unacceptable remark about the Clinton campaign pimping out, that's a direct quote, pimping out Chelsea to campaign for her mother. MSNBC has apologized for that remark and suspended Schuster. That's good. Chelsea's campaigning for a mother has been nothing but laudable and classy. I wonder if Schuster or anyone would have used that term had a son been campaigning for his father or mother. But any news operation can be subject to the loose tongue of a reporter or commentator. And the problem at MSNBC regarding Hillary Clinton goes, unfortunately, much deeper. You can hear it and see it just about every night on Chris Matthews' Hardball. For some reason, he refers to a lot of things that Hillary Clinton has been doing in this campaign as being done not by Hillary Clinton, but by the Clintons. The Clintons are doing this, the Clintons are doing that. 
Sometimes it might be the case that Bill and Hillary are doing something together, but most of the time, this is Chris Matthews referring to the Hillary Clinton campaign and Hillary Clinton as the Clintons. What's that all about? If Matthews wants to claim that Bill Clinton as well as Hillary had something to do with a specific action or strategy of Hillary's, let him say so. By the way, there's no shame in that either. But Chris Matthews' constant reference to Hillary Clinton as, quote, the Clintons, unquote, undermines Hillary Clinton as an individual, and I think it's demeaning. Now, Keith Oldman is no angel in his attitude towards Hillary Clinton either. When Olbermann attacks Rush Limbaugh by constantly calling him a comedian, in quotes, we all laugh. Olbermann's tick-like verbal attacks and facial expressions are usually welcome when they are directed at Fox News. But they have no place in a supposedly even-handed coverage of a presidential campaign. And although Olbermann is not as out there against Hillary as is Matthews, his comments about her are all too often studded with the sarcasm and derision that he brings to his commentary about many other things. Indeed, of all the MSNBC nighttime regulars, only Dan Abrams has been consistently even-handed and non-ad hominem in his discussion of the candidates. It may well be that by the time the election is over, MSNBC will have become the liberal equivalent of what Fox News has been for conservatives. Well, that would be good news for CNN, but bad news for the American people, who could certainly benefit from three unbiased cable news networks, or at very least, two. And now a word from our sponsor. Hello, this is David G. Hartwell. I'm a senior editor at Tor and Forge Books in New York. I've been editing science fiction since 1970. I've edited a lot of people over the course of my career, but I'm pleased to also be the editor of Paul Levinson. I edited his first novel, The Silk Code, and I edited his most recent novel, The Plot Saves Socrates, and all the books in between. Athens, 2042 A.D. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left, again, into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Sierra Waters had read once that, years ago, it was thought that men made love for the thrill, while women made love for the sense of connection it gave them. She ripped the paper in half, then ripped the halves, then ripped what was left again into bits and pieces of history that could have been. Entertainment Weekly says the plot to save Socrates is challenging fun. The New York Daily News says it's a Da Vinci-esque thriller. And Curled Up with a Good Book says... Sierra Waters is sexy as hell. You can find out more about The Plot to Save Socrates by Paul Levinson at theplottosavesocrates.com. 
And I'm back with you, and I should mention that this is February 9th, and Barack Obama has just swept three primaries in Louisiana, Nebraska, and Washington State. And on top of that, he just gave a magnificent speech at the Jefferson Jackson Democratic Dinner in Virginia. Now, Barack Obama may be the best orator of our age. I certainly can't think of anyone better or even close. The best part of Obama's speech tonight was his confrontation of the charge that he's an idealist with pie-in-the-sky hopes. His answers swept through the best of American history and its successful struggles over almost impossible odds, freeing the slaves, giving women the right to vote, beating fascism in World War II, sacrificing lives for civil rights in the 1960s. His speech tonight was another masterpiece of inspiration. It's hard to imagine anyone with any sensitivity not being moved. Hillary Clinton gave an excellent speech tonight, too, making it more clear than she usually does how her election as president would be revolutionary by putting a woman in the White House. This is something she'll need to do more of if she stands any chance of getting the nomination. Clinton's speech was indeed less political than Obama's, but political, I think, is just what Obama needs to do now. He has to convince as many Democrats as possible that he can beat the 19th century Republicans who were running for the highest office. Obama certainly won by overwhelming margins tonight in the three primaries and just for good measure in the Virgin Islands too. The delegate count is still close and there are some crucially important primaries ahead but Obama is gaining an edge. Meanwhile, Huckabee beat McCain in Kansas. He's leading handily in Louisiana at this minute and is even a little ahead in Washington state. So the Republican contest may not be as settled as was thought just a few days ago. And given the importance of this presidential election. I think I'm going to do many more light-on-light-throughs and far more frequently than I've been doing them since this one is the first one you've heard since December 1st. But I'm going to be devoting more of the light-on-light-through podcast to this kind of political coverage. Not to worry, I'll also throw in a few television reviews from time to time and a few other podcasts as well. But you can expect Light On, Light Through to be out there with more podcasts about politics, almost on a weekly basis, maybe even more often. That's the sweet music of our promo suite. And you're going to hear promos from Mike Thinks News, the savviest podcast in town. For Sean Farrell's patio book of my first novel, The Silk Code, the punk horror podcast. We're just about out of time. I look forward to talking to you next time. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and enjoy.
out the Mike Thinks podcast, www.mikethinks.com. News and current events with an opinion. The Mike Thinks podcast. It's the news you missed. www.mikethinks.com. Locus award-winning novel by Paul Levinson comes to life in this free podcast novel. Journey into the ancient world, witness the wonder of ages past, and join Phil D'Amato in a struggle against forces both ruthless and unseen. Visit www.thesilkcode.blogspot.com to learn more about the author and the novel. And subscribe today at patiobooks.com. Coming to you every other week from Punk Horror Press, featuring The Punk and the Pastor, a movie review show featuring David Giannis and Stacey Campbell, and author Red Fiction, featuring the best in horror and punk fiction. Don't miss it. Subscribe now at www.punkhorror.com.